A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello, I'm Martin Bayfield and this is the Rugby Tonight podcast. We've got another great show lined up for you as we're joined for our French Six Nations special by the longest serving Frenchman in the English Premiership, Olivier Azan. And we have the usual insight and analysis from Ben Kay, Austin Healy and the team. Enjoy. Please welcome the longest serving French Premiership player of all time, all the way from his home in Lyon. It's Olivier Azan. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, thank you so much for coming on. No, thanks for having me. OK, so ten years in Gloucester, a few years coaching. What are you up to at the moment? Well, I, I, like you know, in coaching, uh, you don't always uh, walking. I just got um, the, the golden handshake by, uh, <laughs> <laughs> by Oyona, so I'm, I'm just enjoying that at the moment with the family and waiting for something who's going to passionate me because, obviously, I love, I love the rugby and even when you can't play it, Coaching still a, a passion. But it must be quite nice now having a, a bit of time off because well, rugby is all you've known since what you were 17, 18. It's nice. Well, it's the first time ever. Yeah. First time ever I go weekends, so uh, it's good. It's good for the kids uh, because uh, I got two uh, two small kids. They give me a lot of time to spend with them, and uh, no, that that's, and give me a chance to come and do this kind of uh, of show because when you're playing or when you you coach, you don't have time. Well, we're, we're delighted you got sacked then. Let's get straight to the point. Um, but what about your time at Gloucester? Ten years, a long, long time with one club. What, what kept you at Gloucester? Well, I, I think it was everything, really, because I only came for one season, just to learn English, to play a bit of rugby, to, to travel. Uh, that was mine when I went to Gloucester, nothing else. But I think I, I find somewhere... People were passionate about uh, their rugby, passionate about their team. I felt at home. That's as simple as that. Do you miss it? I love, miss the fact, I love the fact that you decided to travel to Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> New York, <laughs> <laughs> send it Gloucester. Well, but, but do you miss I, it? I think, I think it was a better option than yeah, this I time. <laughs> <laughs> you, obviously enjoyed, you obviously enjoyed yourself there. Do you get back there often? Well, uh, obviously, I, I, I married someone from there, so we, we do go back and... Uh, we, we enjoy going back. It's, I got a lot of good souvenirs, a lot of good friends which I made uh, over the ten years there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really nice place for me to go back. And Gloucester was a was a, a target for a lot of French players. A lot of guys ended up there. We can see some of the players who graced the uh, King's Home pitch. Yourself, obviously, Califano, Patrice Colazzo, Philippe Saint Andre. Of course, there's player and in charge, Serge Simon, Dimitri Yashvili. Why? 
Gloucester for the French? Well, I think, I think it's Philippe Saint-André who started uh, that train. He went there um, as a player and he became the, the coach, uh, the director of rugby. And he, he kind of uh, attracted a lot of this, this player. At the time, uh, Yashvili, he, he was only 19. He used to, to ride a bike to come to training. And uh, he was just uh, keen to bring some French players, some French import, to, uh, to try to, uh, to uh, have a bit of a different spirit in the team. And I think the guy he brought in, they fit in, in into the, 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 the club and uh, the spirit of the club. That's the important thing, isn't it, that the players embrace what they're getting into. No French players now in the Premiership. There have been a lot, and it peaked. We had about 16 or so, <laughs> 16 or 17 back in, in 2006. Why no French players in the Premiership? Is it, is it just money? Can they, are they all stuck in Calais? Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're stuck waiting for a truck. No, I'm... <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't mean yes, that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, thanks. Yeah. Oh. But, no, to, to, to be serious, I think, I think the top 14 is there is a lot of money in the top 14. So, and, and French players are our premium with the new rules made by the Federation. But I think we're going to see uh, a bit more uh, French players coming back to the, to the Premiership. Obviously, you've got Louis Picamol, who are signed for uh, Northampton next season, and maybe a couple more. So France, two from two, Ireland's championship hopes hanging by a thread. Joe Schmidt was um, very critical of the officiating um, on Saturday. I may be a little bit biased, but rightly so. Yes. No? Yeah, there were. It was a bit of a traditional French rough up the rough up the fly half or rough up mm -hmm. some of their their players. Uh, they got away with things, didn't they? And, and um, you know, I suppose from a France coach perspective, particularly Guy Noves likes a tough forward pat. Maybe he was thinking, well, play up to the, what the referee that lets you. I mean, ridiculous. that's, that's ridiculously sorry. high. That's... And um, <clears throat> had he got a couple of inches lower, it would have been the best tackle of the, yeah. of the season. But um, you know, you've got to be accurate. And, and yeah, they got away with bits, but. Yeah, they'll, they'll just say, well, it's the referee's job to penalise it. Because Jakob Piper, when we saw that first thing, the hit on sex, and he's right there, didn't do anything at the time. So Maestri was cited. They went to a hearing. This is the result of that hearing. This is the statement uh, basically saying that, uh, if you get right to the end there, that Mr Maestri has infringed the world rugby laws of the game and that his actions fell just short of warranting a red card. Mr Maestri has been informed of the citing commissioner's warning. So, basically, after that, he's just got a warning. Going to struggle to get to sleep tonight now after that, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> he's not good. But, um, Olivier, when you, when you look at that, I mean, we talk about the traditional French approach. I mean, everyone tries to impose themselves on the opposition and maybe put someone off their game. Um, looking at it as a Frenchman, would a Frenchman look at that and say, that's fine, are we overreacting? <laughs> <laughs> look at that face. <laughs> look at that face. <laughs> Well, obviously, uh, it's a dif different point of view. Uh, I, I think the, the Maestri incident is, uh, should have been penalised during the game, maybe with a yellow card. Uh, it hasn't been done uh, after when the game is over. Uh, I think um, he wasn't too bad, the player wasn't seriously injured after that. But it's true, the, the French team uh, on that game, they, they should have been a bit more penalised. I think uh, they, they were a bit... Uh, the referee was letting let it happen a lot of things, and because uh, the French team was, wanted to be quite physical and rough with the Ireland team, he, he benefited them.
Well, of course, real concerns about, about Johnny Sexton. Um, so much to talk about in that Irish game. We move on now to the, to the Welsh. Um, and a return to form, maybe. We, we start to see a Welsh team. We start to see a back line that is starting to function as we want. And for Scotland, Austin, still promising much. And at times in the game, in control, still not getting that win. Yeah, producing good rugby Scotland, but ultimately shooting themselves in the foot. Let's not take anything away from Wales. They produced some really good tries and the power play that they showed in the red zone was very, very impressive and hard to see many sides stopping that. But you just look at Scotland and think numerous occasions they made silly mistakes and off the top line out five metres from your line, throwing it over the top of Laidlaw's head. Ridiculous. Never ever does a nine want the ball off the top five metres from a line. Catch, land and give maybe, put the box kick away. But just little things like that, little knock-ons in the wide channels and... Uh, Scotland are almost there and it must be so frustrating for them because we've been saying this now since the World Cup, the England game, they, they really didn't perform at all, but you saw glimpses of what they're capable of at the weekend. What about England then, Austin? Um, literally a game of two halves, struggling in that first half, second half, cutting loose. Did they deliver the hiding that Eddie Jones wanted? I think that was a brilliant performance by England. I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it was very close for 50, 60 minutes, and then the subs came on and they really added an impact. But I think what we're starting to see with England is, and uh, often you never got this a lot with uh, uh, maybe Stuart Lancaster and some other coaches around the world, uh, Eddie saying, let's go out and give them a thumping. It actually gives you a different mindset as a player. It gives you a little bit more confidence. It gives you a bit of arrogance. And that's what he wants. And we're starting to see that now. I, I, I know it's hypothetical, but... England under Stuart Lancaster in that position where it was relatively close and Haskell nearly got a yellow card and it was in the balance. I'm not sure they would have gone on in the way that they did and the, the style that they did. So I think we're starting to see now what Eddie Jones wants to instill in his players and that is a great sign. And we saw a glimpse of some of the young players. He's just filtering them in. When you look at all those three games, Austin, who really stood out? Who was the player for you? I think, as in the press, we're always relatively critical of players when they're not performing, particularly if they are big stars. And the, the guy that was potentially under the most amount of pressure, and I think he said it himself, was George North. He had an absolutely fantastic game. He made a break early on in the first half up the left-hand side, and then he scored a try, which is arguably so far the try of the tournament. To some Premiership action then, it was a busy all weekend, wasn't it? Fixtures, lots of fixtures with some tasty matchups. It finished up with Wasps visiting Saracens on Sunday and started on Friday night up north as Newcastle Falcons welcomed Leicester Tigers to Kingston Park on Friday evening. So plenty to talk about. Big surprises. I mean, the standout result, Austin, was obviously the, the, the Wasps win over, over Saracens. But Newcastle Falcons, we talked in the build-up to this, this round, round 12, that there's a mini-league, a mini-competition at the bottom. And at the moment, Newcastle Falcons in the strongest position amongst those three teams. Well, they're gaining confidence, aren't they? And you could see that in the, the type of the performance. It was all started based around their defence. Uh, ben was up there on Friday night. I was watching at home, listening... Well, turn the commentary down. And, uh, <laughs> but just, they absolutely smashed the Tigers. And there's some conversation that Leicester maybe were a little bit too lateral, but... I just thought Newcastle were excellent all over the field and a few players stood well, up for look, you. Just defensively, Newcastle, every collision they won. And when they had the ball, every collision they won. And, uh, you know, for all Leicester not playing well, they, they couldn't they couldn't get into the game. For me, Andy Goode's made a, a massive difference coming into the team. Just that, um, that experience. and uh, He's not the fittest in the world, but his relationship with Nili Latu, who 
has been one of the signings of the season, absolutely, or, or, or signings of the, of the last couple of years, really, that you can think of. He steps in at first receiver when Andy Goo's not quite there. He's happy to do that. He's, he's just got a bit of everything. He plays quite like George Smith does for, for Was. He, he'll play first receiver, he'll be over the ball, the link player bringing other people around him. And, you know, if they continue to play like that, they're, they're going to keep climbing up the table. It's, and it's they've still got Sonotti, Sonotti to come it's back. It's so surprising as well, seeing Goody come back. <laughs> I mean, I know we all, I wanted him to do really well, but I'm surprised at how well he's actually playing. And he's not the most mobile guy. He put a little chip in, couldn't quite get there. But he's flat when he needs to be. He's deep and distributing when he needs to be. And he never gets them into trouble. And that's the big thing. You know, he had a bit of a shaky start in his first game against Irish when he came on a few missed touches. But he's looking actually really good at... Well, he's playing really well at the minute. And it's not just on the field either, is it? Because Dean Richards was saying in the week that he's just come in with this kind of don't-care attitude and that's really kind of rubbed off on all Which the players strange, around him. strange, because when you look at him, you think he does really <laughs> care about things. <laughs> no, no, that's rubbed off on the, but on the he's, younger he's a, players. He's a good bloke to have around the, the environment and, and particularly when, when lots of people were sort of, you know, they were, they were at the bottom and maybe a little bit of, of, of lack of confidence. Well, he's a confident guy and he's, he's bringing that out with the people around him. Slight change in dimensions for fly-halves. Um, quick reference, of course, to, to Sale. Big, big win for them over the Exeter Chiefs. Um, we'll give them a little bit more time when we have that time. James Hook for Gloucester. Um, he now is pulling the strings and making Gloucester tick. They've been sort of wallowing with inconsistency. But it's starting to come now, well, they're really making the most of the Six Nations, aren't they? I mean, he's, uh, he could have gone away with Wales, maybe, maybe not. But he's certainly playing, and like you say, controlling affairs. But Gloucester playing a really good brand of rugby in difficult conditions the past two weeks. And beating Quinns, who are right on top of their game, is a good sign of how they're playing. You've got Morgan coming back into the team. And this guy is... He's got <coughs> options all around the field. But I, I think that Gloucester have been probably the surprise uh, team over the last three or four weeks in the Six it, Nations. Is that continuity midfield helping them, though? You know, because at the start of the season, they were kind of that kind of 12, 13, 10. They were mixing them about quite a lot. And, and we've seen the same midfield for the last five or six weeks it's now. Got, it's got to help, hasn't it? And, and particularly with Hook there, I, I think he is a little bit of a confident player. And when he is confident, we see what he did. You know, that try he scored there where he shrugged off four defenders, you wouldn't necessarily think of him as that power runner that's going to that's gonna fight his way to the line. But he's obviously enjoying himself. And it's nice for, for Gloucester that they've, they've had so much turmoil that, that if they can settle into those, like you said, those key people playing in the same position and actually get a run of form and get back to King's home being the fortress that it was a couple of years ago. Problem for Harlequins, third defeat on the bounce, but problems as well for Nick Evans. We're hearing that possibly a broken leg, uh, which, well, we hope it isn't a broken leg, but if it is, you'd have to think he's, he's going to be out pretty much for the rest of the season, something that Harlequins could ill afford. So we wish him all the best um, with that one. Worcester, we've, we've said this before on Rugby Tonight, we've said it on our Sunday Highlights programmes. The second half, it seems to be Worcester's curse. Um, this time, though, you, we had a very angry Dean Ryan after that result, and he clearly felt that Worcester are not getting the rub of the green in this game <coughs> and in previous games. I think there's a mixture of frustration as well because they had 12 kickable points in the second half, Worcester, and as you said, it, it's been a bit of a story this season. You look back to the Leicester game where they had a, was it a 27 point lead and lost it in the second half. They're, they're playing some good, good rugby in the first half and they should have a lot more points than they've got in the table. And as other sides start to win, you can, you can see the pressure starts to catch them up a little bit. So it's difficult. You know, Bath lose.
lose that game, Worcester jump up another four points, Bath are back on 18, and it's a whole different complex down at the bottom of the big, si big signing today, though, with, with Francois Hugard coming yeah. in for them. Could be he's a little a great, bit like an, he's a great like an Andy Good figure in terms of bringing everyone else up and lifting the confidence of everyone else. And then the game of the weekend, um, I, I think we were all watching it, we couldn't actually quite believe what we were seeing. I don't think there are enough superlatives to, to say, you know, to, to mention uh, Wasp attack, they were awesome. But, but, but Sarri's defence, Austin, I mean, you said during the game that they were defending like you, you've, you've never seen them defend before. What did you mean by that? Well, we just didn't see them defending together as the Wolfpack. And the problem that you've got, in the past, you'd get to the mid-season, you'd get two or three weeks off where you could really regroup. You don't get the opportunity now. So we saw Exeter not playing particularly well against Sale. We've seen Saracens, we've seen Harlequins, we've seen Tigers, we've seen all the top four sides that were really starting to motor just starting to slip off the pace a bit. And it'll be worrying, but it'll also be encouraging for sides like Gloucester, sides like Wasp, sides like Sale. Before we move on, I just want to talk really quickly about because the top, all the top four lost this weekend, and then including Quinns and the Tigers, they're playing um, against each other on Friday. Um, it's interesting that Quinns have lost every game since Conor O'Shea said he was leaving. I mean, are we reading too much into that? Can that happen? Can that have an effect on a I think team? It's, I think it's difficult for him to stop it. I don't think necessarily they lost the, the, the first couple because he said he was leaving, but I, I think now it sort of becomes more difficult for him to go in and say, come on, we're all in this together. And, and you know, I, I think it's tough for him. I think, I think that that is a, that has become a, an issue now, yeah. Mm, it's tough, it's tough. Mm. It's fascinating really to see how they get on with it. Olivier, we've been asking all through the week for players and, and, and viewers to send in who they think would make up their favourite French team of all time. We asked you to do exactly the same. We have the team over here. So come with us. Suivez-moi, Olivier, <laughs> suivez-moi. Au revoir. Alors, bonne de douche, mange tout. Here we are. This is your team. And there are some great names on this. And as is always the case, people will say there are names missing. Let's start. Front row. Explain your selections. Well, I picked a free ball carrier for a start. I picked Christian Califano, we see one of the most famous prop, one of the most capped. Uh, Servat as a, as a hooker because he's, uh, for me he's a full package, he can carry, he's good in the set piece. And also Peter de Villiers because uh, he's, uh, even if he's South African born, he, he, he was immense when he was playing for France, making up to 15, 20 tackles each game. After for the second row, I picked uh, two enforcers, you know, because yeah. we, want, we want the, the team to be a, a proper French team and try to bully team, so Nari and Pelous. And we want them to get a verbal warning after every game. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, just a verbal warning <laughs> and keep doing a good job for France. Perfect. Okay, and, and then the, the back row, well, a lot of players to choose from. Uh, the captain, Dussautoir, who was named best player uh, not long ago in the world. Serge Betsen, uh, Le Secateur. Yeah. And uh, obviously, uh, caveman, uh, Sébastien Chabal. Ben, what about you? What, what do you make of yeah, this? Yeah, Califano, uh, uh, no doubt. I, I might have put Ibanez in there. I know, I know what you're saying about Servat, but Ibanez, pretty good. In the second row, you could actually... I, I like Abdel Benazir. I think he's got to find somewhere in the back five for the, the talisman nature of him. But whether that's second row or back row, I'd like to slip condom on. <laughs> 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 
for comedy value. No, not for comedy value. Exactly the same reason. He was he was an enforcer, and uh, you know, as you said, nothing got through him. Couldn't tackle. <laughs> <laughs> and he came along nicely during his career, so I like him in there. Um, I'm not, I'm not convinced about Cheval. I, when we played no. him, we thought, we thought if we, we got him in the first ten minutes of a game and hit him, he'd disappear. And you know, Harren Ordeke for me was, you know, uh, had everything. And then finally, the one name that I think, growing up, you went, wow, what a player was Jean-Pierre Reeves. Absolutely. But Dussetoir and Betson, very difficult to knock. And this is the thing, isn't it, with teams like this, you've all got your own choices. Paparambo, Shirley, Bastia, people like this. Austin, you look at the you look at the back line. What do you make of this? And Olivier will let you defend your selections. OK, well, just looking through that, uh, most people are agreeing with Ben about Benazi, actually, on uh, Twitter. There's quite a few people on there. I'll give one shout-out to someone that said, uh, Benazi, this is Leighton Edwards. Uh, he said, they don't forget Benazi. Excellent number eight powerhouse. Great choices so far. Uh, in the back line that you've picked so far, I disagree with nine. I think Yashvili was a great player, but I don't think he was quite as good as Gaultier. And he certainly wasn't as good as Berbizier. Berbizier was a little general in a time where, you know, France played electric rugby. But Gaultier wins it if you're going to mix modern game. And then at 10, Michelac again, not a bad player. But for me, I'd have gone for Cambabero. I just remember that try watching that he created at Twickenham. Yeah. Uh, great flair player. And someone, if you've got that flair, mi mixing in with Josie on a doubt, I would never argue with. Man Mountain, Seller, everybody on here is mentioning Seller. But you've missed the most obvious one, Ontomac and Dominici, make most people's teams. There's a Bernard Sal's in there as well. And uh, Santandre makes quite a few from a few mentions. But the standout player, who I cannot believe you haven't picked, is Serge Blanco. Okay, Olivier, Just remember, defend, he's running along and he's the ball over. We're, we're looking for France to play this champagne rugby, jouer, jouer. Are you happy with the changes Austin made, or are you saying, no, I want to stick with my team? Well, obviously, I'm going to stick with my team. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> Never agree with him. <laughs> but for me, I pick Yashvili because he's my kicker, very reliable uh, in front of the post. I, I pick Michalak because I like to have a nine and a, and a ten who can interchange when we play. Okay. Obviously, the centre and the winger we agree with. And after uh, Thomas Castagnet, uh, Serge Blanco, uh, I have to give you that one. Yeah. <laughs> Castagnet on the bench because of his versatility. Olivier, what about this French team going forward now? Guys, when we look into the next round of, of the Six Nations, is this French team able to develop? Is it able to grow? Are we going to be able to see it produce some of the magic that some of these guys did? Well, it's more difficult now because the defence are a lot, a lot better. We're talking about uh, games in the, in the 80s, in the 90s, where the defence were not so organised, so very hard to use the French flair and uh, to try to disorganise uh, defence. Obviously, if uh, the team and the French team needs to improve, because the last two games they just won, and uh, I think if they keep playing like they play, they're going to be disappointed by the end of the Six Nations. Austin, come the final round, is it going to be England against France in Paris? one of the teams up for a Grand Slam. Could that be the championship decider, if not? I'm not so sure it'll be for the Grand Slam decider, but I think it will be deciding the Six Nations, yeah. France just find a way of winning. They're so used to it in the top 14, the attritional game, the one-point lead, the three-point lead. They're very difficult to break down. And they will get better and better and better as they play together, and um, as will England. So I can see those two sides. And you look at the fixtures as well, it's almost mapped out for that match. 
It's going to be good. Um, OK, then, just remember, we've got some games through this weekend, of course. Um, there'll be Quinns against Leicester, we've just spoken about. Uh, we'll be at Bath against Wasps on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we will be at the Medeskis London Irish Welcome Exeter Chiefs. And good news and congratulations to London Irish as well. London Irish under-18s winning the Aviva Premiership Under-18s Championship, defeating Gloucester. Sorry about that, so congratulations <laughs> to them. Thank you, Olivier. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you to our wonderful Thank studio audience. Have you all had fun? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's been absolutely fantastic. Remember, if you want to join us here in the studio, it's audience at rugbytonight.com. Yes, from all of us here, have a great week and we'll see you on the weekend. Don't forget about Rugby Tonight Extra on Thursday too. See you later, guys. <laughs>Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. We'll be back again soon for more rugby insight and analysis. See you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.